This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Finding Your Bliss with host Judy Liebrach, heard every Saturday at 1 p.m. on Zoomer Radio. Hi, everyone. This is Finding Your Bliss, a show that helps you find and follow your bliss. Today, we have a great show for you. Coming up on today's program, we have parenting expert and City TV's Marilyn Dennis regular, Allison Schaefer. Allison is the host of her own show, The Parenting Show, a TED Talk speaker and author of many best-selling books. Also on today's show, we have Christy Primer, a Canadian author, TV host of Women Who Lead, and success coach for women. And then this week's featured artist is our very own audio producer, Faz Kazi. But first, I'm happy to introduce you to parenting expert, Allison Schaefer, one of Canada's most notable parenting experts. She is a family counselor with a clinical practice in Toronto, and she is also the author of three best-selling parenting books, Breaking the Good Mom Myth, Honey, I Wreck the Kids, and Ain't Misbehavin', which have been translated into Russian, Korean, Bulgarian, and Turkish. At home, she is the resident parenting expert for many media outlets, such as The Marilyn Dennis Show, Global Morning, CBC Radio, and HuffPost, Parents Canada. As well, she hosts her own TV show, The Parenting Show. Allison delivers her deep insights in ways that today's busy parents can easily understand and immediately apply. She promotes a firm but friendly democratic parenting style and offers practical solutions backed by extensive research and 20 years of working with families. Welcome, Allison, to Finding Your Bliss. Great to have you here. Great to have you here, uh, be with you as well. Sorry, I was so, I was thinking about the fact that we've got this like 20 year history, Adlerian psychology, raising kids and the whole, the whole credentialing of actually being in families, let alone helping other families. It's true. It's true. And we also worked together at Rogers. You had your own show for many years, as did I, and in the spotlight. And so it's, it's just a lovely reunion and uh, so wonderful to have you here. Allison, I have to ask you, because we are starting a new school year and parents, teachers and children really don't know what to expect. What are you hearing, Allison? And what are people saying to you? Oh, there's so much that is uh, stressing people out. Back to school is hard any year, obviously. Uh, but this year, because we really don't know what we're going into. I, I have to say, Judy, I'm, I'm a born optimist. I think kids and families are far more resilient than we give them credit for. Mm-hmm. And I, I really do believe that if we kind of keep our wits about us and we keep our ability to be flexible and communicate and sort of understand we're kind of all linking arms and trying to figure this out together. (laughs) We're not going to leave anyone too far behind. We're going to make sure everyone is looked after. We just have to like be slow and steady and calm and kind. And I, I really do think we'll work this out sort of live time and agile. Oh, that's fantastic. If you had to give one top tip or strategy for parents and grandparents to be helpful in helping kids cope with this new COVID reality, what would you suggest? Oh, strike up a good positive attitude. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about yourself as being like the um, 
back in the old days where we didn't know that the ocean at the horizon line meant that the the planet was flat instead of curved and somebody <laughs> had to go out and find out if that was true and 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 that the reason why they mounted that courage was because curiosity trumped all and they know that whatever they found out was going to be good news for all. So I think if we can all feel like explorers and if we can all have that kind of embody the the goodness of the human spirit uh, and the nature of discovery, I mean, the biggest thing for me that's come out of all of this, whether it's in academics or family structures or whatever, there's just been the most amazing silver linings of people saying, wow, you know, I thought being locked at home with my kids was going to be terrible. But do you know, I really had this rough relationship with my teenager because I never talked to them. And suddenly we started like revamping this car and we were like replacing the motor and we were spending hours in the garage and like, we're like solid now, <laughs> um, you know, and, and I know with me, I mean, I feel like I'm close to my extended family, but for some reason, because there was this call to action to connect, I have never been more social on Zoom. Like I need a, I need a night <laughs> off Zoom. <laughs> it, it's been amazing, you know, um, yeah. So there's there's been many good things that have come of this, and certainly in in education, I have heard of um, kids that didn't do well in the classroom discovering that they actually did better online because maybe they had attention deficit or they had social anxiety or they just needed to process things more slowly and at their own pace. Um, so I ju there's just been so much if we focus on how much creativity and um, allowing us to customize the experience for every individual family that we never had before. We had standardized testing. This is your school. Everyone does it the same. And it didn't fit for everybody. And now it's like, oh, you can do online. You can do hybrid. You can do, you know, <laughs> I, I think a lot, I think a lot of good things have happened. That's so fantastic. Oh, that's such great information. That's fantastic. Allison, there are so many permutations and computations of what school looks like right now. Some kids are completely online. Some are in school two days a week, some hybrid. But isn't there a need to be flexible during these COVID times? There is no true north in how, in, in how families are looking right now, so, right? So, so Absolutely. this idea that teens should get up at seven o'clock in the morning and do schoolwork till three. Well, why? If it's asynchronous learning, who cares if they get up at 11 and they get all their work done by nine o'clock at night if they, if they don't have requirements? We have to really let go of some old ideas of the right ways and the wrong ways and open up your mind mm. to, to what might be possible and let go of the guilt. We will, I think, find the sweet spot to bring each kid sort of up to to whatever speed they, they need to be. I, I love all of your encouraging words. It, it actually is, I think, going to help a lot of people because uh, you've given everyone so many wonderful suggestions. It's great. Allison, you've been the spokesperson for Family Talk, a public health campaign that you've been the spokesperson for for the last five years. And the program aims to reduce underage drinking, which is tied to, of course, youth partying, which is tied to community spread. And this is very important stuff. Can you tell us more about this public health campaign and why it's so important to you? Yeah, absolutely. You know, when we look at ways uh, and campaigns around the globe to help reduce uh, underage drinking, they've really come to realize that parents are a key player. And what we find is that a lot of parents are really rather either permissive or almost encouraging. You know, they're the ones that are hosting the parties. They're the ones that are buying the alcohol. They kind of have this attitude, well, they're going to do it anyway, so I might as well supervise it. And there's a lot of misunderstanding uh, about our role 
role because we sort of think that peer pressure takes over and we feel powerless. But in fact, the um, the truth is we have a tremendous impact in our kids' decision for for. Um, uh, decisions around the choices they make. And there's where the parallel is, Judy, that I think is important to to parents who maybe even don't have teens that are in those those years yet, although it sneaks up earlier than you think. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but you know, we're really talking about something that I think is important to every parent, which is when our teens are not directly under our eyeballs, how do I know that they're going to keep social distancing when I'm not there at the park to make sure that they are? When I'm not there to supervise, how do I know my child is making good choices? So that good choice can be in saying no to um, an illegal substance. That no can be saying I need to adopt this good health protocol and stay six feet apart. And, you know, back in my day, it was more around STIs and, and contraceptives. But like, it's still how do we teach good health behaviors and practices to this group who like to take risks that are a little bit more egocentric, that don't mm-hmm. typically like to listen to authority, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and whose brain, and this is where I think parents maybe are, are maybe in a lifetime around some of the research, teen brains are not like adult brains. Uh, that since the advent of uh, some of our MRI imaging and, and some of the research in neuroscience, the brain becomes incredibly um, vulnerable uh, during the adolescent years because it really rewires. There's a tremendous period of neuroplasticity. So inv- environmental influences can change those structures for the rest of their lifetime. So the longer we delay the onset of introduction of alcohol, the better the long-term outcomes are. And when parents set the boundary and say it's illegal because it's unhealthy for your brain, because it leads to poor decision-making, um, accidents, regrets uh, you know, from inhibitions and who did I go home with? And who, you know, know, and oh, I went to that party and I thought I was going to wear a mask, but she was so cute. I took it off. (laughs) Um, You know, all of that is, you know, alcohol fueled stuff. And so um, if we can get them to understand that they're working with a brain that wants high excitement, but has low inhibition and poor decision-making and you add alcohol to that mix, it's a bit of a catastrophic situation. So we want to have those conversations, but then Judy, you, I know you know this from your training and your coaching background that we just, we can't control people. Control never mm-hmm. works. Mm-hmm. Control people just feel like, you know, I'm not your puppet. I'm not your prisoner. Like stop that. And, um, mm-hmm. So the question is, how can we sort of switch up the relationship with our young adults and our adolescents, much like the leaders, you know, you're talking about how things have been so good in Ontario. Who's the leader of your school board? Who's (laughs) the leader of your province? Who's the leader of your public health? Who have we been inspired to want to help and listen to and trust? And so it's, it's kind of the same thing where if we're inspiring to our kids and we have a good relationship, we're more likely to um, want to go along with the good advice that our parents are giving. Mm-hmm. So how can you shift the parenting model from being controlling to just having a positive influence? What would be some of your top suggestions for how to do that? Well, so I know it's scary for parents because you feel like if you let go of control, they're going to just be a wreck. Uh, but so I'm saying go on faith, go on research and faith with me. Uh, one, one thing would be to, um, first of all, just build a good relationship around them as a person. I, I think parents get so into parenting, we forget that these are still people we're having a human relationship with. So so see them, you know, get curious about what they're interested in. Go see, you know, do a TikTok dance with them. Go, <laughs> go play cards with them. Like, go hang out. 
take them for a coffee the way that you would take one of their friends. Like, isn't it interesting how we love all of our teens' friends, right? And our teen is loved by their parents' friends, but we get into these interpersonal things in our own house. So I would say enjoy them, build a relationship, have things in common is the first thing. And the second thing I would say is, is ask a lot of questions and coach Take a more coach approach rather than a more educator or dicta- dictatorial approach. So we, we want them to use their prefrontal cortex and solve problems. So things, curiosity questions like, you know, hey, so, you know, is alcohol showing up at your parties? Why do you think so many people drink on TikTok? Why do you think it's such a big thing to do challenges and blackout? What's impressive about that? Like if you end it in a question mark wow. and, you, and you come at it non-judgmentally and non-critically, and you really are willing to listen so that you can really get inside the culture of your child and the youth and the challenges that they face, Hmm. then you're much more likely to be able to be empathic and compassionate and offer suggestions that are like really on, on mark with what they're, with what they're facing. Now that's brilliant. You, you've also said that youth and young adults have been identified as a target group for community spread and, and that this, you know, can potentially be a huge problem on college and university campuses. I would say now more than ever, Allison, with uh, with what's happening, you know, with the pandemic, that this could really be problematic. Well, because these kids have been in in lockdown. I mean, I know we've, depending on who's listening and from where, but when you take youth whose developmental task is to socialize, they are wired to find their place of belonging in their peer group. And we've had them at home and they have not been able to socialize in the same way, albeit they've had social media, sure. But they're finally allowed to get out and they don't know how long it's going to last. So they're kind of making up for lost time. And and frankly, Judy, they're they're feeling a little entitled. I missed my prom. I missed my grad. I didn't get to go to camp. You've taken everything away from me. So so they're a bit angry, pent up, and they really want to like let loose while they can. We have to teach our kids about media literacy. There's a lot of stuff that floats around that isn't true. It's, it looks to them like everyone's partying on a beach. That is not true. The majority of youth have actually done a really wonderful job, but they're getting FOMO. They they see all these images, a lot of them coming out of the U.S., where they have different leadership and different, you know, <laughs> don't get me started. <laughs> like just, <laughs> um, but we've done very well here, but there's this sense of kind of FOMO. And uh, and, and again, there's, not, there's, there's nothing wrong with them getting together. We want to encourage that. The question is, can we do it? And make accommodations in a way that is safe. So I've said to many families, you, you can host a party, do it in the backyard. If you put down lawn chairs, then everybody kind of knows where they're supposed to sit. If you actually have like individual snacks like Halloween, people aren't digging into common food. Um, you know, you can make, a, there's other ways to get together and have a good time, but we don't want them to like sneak around us or feel like they have to, and certainly those kids going off to campuses, it's really important that we let them know what the repercussions could be, meaning Kids don't realize that even if you party off campus and then you walk across the campus drunk, if if campus security catches you, you might lose your place in residency. You could be kicked off a varsity team. You could lose your scholarship. That this is not taken lightly at these institutions. Um, You can risk fines. And for parents, I think this is things that parents don't think about. It is illegal to serve minors. So you can serve your own child a drink, but it's illegal to, to host and serve minors. 
And if something bad happens, which because their brains are not working (laughs) and they are thrill seekers, accidents do happen. And if that happens when you're a known supervisor, the fines can be, um, you know, contributing to the juvenile of a delinquency, um, host neglect. We're talking fines and jail time. And parents take this very lightly. I I, I think there's just got to be a better awareness of that this really is a public health campaign. Um, You know, the number of car accidents, the the negative consequences that happen because alcohol was involved and our laissez-faire attitude that youth will be youth, we really, it just has to change. And so um, when parents take it seriously, their kids take it seriously. And most kids will say, the reason I didn't drink is because I didn't want to let my parents down. So if we don't hold a high standard for them, they're going to erode that boundary. Oh, that's They're so going to break great. it. They're going to break. Don't get me wrong. I mean, kids are going to drink and we have to deal with how to how to correct for that mistake appropriately. Yeah. But if we just throw our hands up as if, you know, we've got no power, then that boundary gets widened and then we get even bigger problems. So true. Now, this is such great stuff that you're doing. It's really wonderful. Thank Allison, you. I, I remember you and I worked together on Rogers and I had my In the Spotlight show and you had your parenting show. And yes. now you've been a regular parenting expert on the Marilyn Dennis show for 11 years now. So congratulations on that. Can you believe it? (laughs) Wow. I remember when you started that. What is it like being part of the Marilyn Dennis show and how has your role evolved uh, over the years in that series? Oh, thank you for asking. Well, first, I most people ask me, is she really like that? Is she re-? And she is. That's how, that I can tell you. How she presents to the world is really how she is backstage. She's a, she's a wonderful, wonderful person. The show has evolved over the years, like any television show does. It kind of finds its, its audience. It finds its rhythm. It's amazing how many of the experts have been there like me right from the beginnings. And we have a, a nice camaraderie because you're hanging out in the green room. Um, but she always brings fresh talent on, which is important because I wouldn't have been fresh talent if someone didn't, you know, get, you know, give me a go or whatever. When everything went viral or virtual, I should say, because we, we couldn't do the, the COVID stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, she was the first one to step up and say, yeah, you know what? I don't, I don't have a backdrop. I don't have a makeup artist. I don't have the people with my wardrobe. But we're going to yeah. keep going anyway. <laughs> and she's so just, good. she's, she's just so real. And I would say, you know, in terms of the parenting issues, for sure, it's been amazing to kind of see the trends that have happened across the years as social media kind of took over for young people and bullying became a big issue. Mental health became a huge topic. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and here we are now with the, the COVID situation. And, and um, yeah. so there's been a lot that's happened over those uh, those 11 seasons. And I'm, I'm really I'm really proud to continue on as now that my kids are like, I've gone through <laughs> toddlers to university. <laughs> graduates. Wow. That's so great. That's so great. Congratulations on that. Thank you. What is bliss right now for Allison Schaefer? Oh, what a lovely question. Um, Bliss for me is uh, spending time at my cottage with my girls and their partners and my partner. I mean, I love my extended family, but there's something very nice about having a small group of people all in that bubble and and being up Mm. in a place that's been in my family for a hundred years. And I know to look at the same trees that my great grandfather looked at, to know that my kids are, uh, you know, fifth generation looking at the same rocks, listening to the same loon calls. um, It's very spiritual for me to be there. And um, there's very few sort of original Muskoka cottages and uh, there's something very soulful about uh, being on that same ground in in such a 
mobile time. And, you know, we don't, um, we don't do social media. We don't watch TV. We don't even turn on the radio. We just, we're, we're just with each other. It's beautiful. Oh, I just, I love what you said. I just got, as JLo says, the goosies. I just got the shivers. That's so <laughs> lovely. So thank you so much for sharing that. Allison, how can people contact you on social media and otherwise? Oh, thank you. So all my social handers, handles are based on my name, which is Allison Schaefer. Had I known that we were ever going to become like a world where you had to share your social handle, I would have called myself <laughs> Pat Smith, that everyone could spell. <laughs> but no. Yeah. So anyways, yes, it's, it's Allison, A-L-Y-S-O-N-S-C-H-A-F-E-R. But I think if you just Google Parenting Expert Canada, I'll come in there somewhere. And all my handles are off my website. And um, for those people that were interested in the uh, hashtag family talk, I've got tons of videos on my YouTube channel. Uh, they're all short and sweet and you can watch them with your kids and um, and hopefully they're helpful to families. Oh, that's so wonderful. I have to thank you so much. This has been such a lovely reunion and uh, and you've just so um, well informed and, and really such a treasure. Thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you. And thanks for all you do for the community in the past and all the way through. And um, it's really great to, to touch base again and let's stay in touch. That sounds great. We're going to go to a short commercial break, more of Finding Your Bliss, when we come back, back in a moment. Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by CREATE, Canada's leading fertility centre for over 25 years. CREATE is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. CREATE is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, CREATE is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. CREATE has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? CREATE Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about CREATE Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. We are back, and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio, AM 740, FM 96.7. And I'm so happy to introduce you to my next guest, Christy Primer. Christy Primer is a Canadian author, TV host of Women Who Lead, registered mental health counselor, and success coach for women. Christy founded her company, Primetime Consulting Services, Inc., in 2011 with the intention of providing services and products that educate and empower women to get back into the driver's seat of their own lives. Love that. She teaches women how to reclaim their power, get uber confident, and create the life and business they desire. Welcome, Christy, to Finding Your Bliss. Hi, Judy. Thanks so much for having me today. So great to have you here. I actually saw you this morning on Instagram where I often watch you, and that's how I actually came to know of your work. And you're so inspiring. You're so motivating. You really help women feel confident, feel empowered, and just you're a real make it happen kind of person. And what I loved when I saw this morning was that you talked about meditating and it just chilled you out. I should have done it before this session because we had <laughs> a couple of technical glitches. And I think meditating would have served me very well this morning, but you just did it and you've been doing it, which is so fantastic. Can you tell us a little bit about why you um, have gotten so into meditation? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's really important to say like, there's no proper one way to meditate just for people that might be curious and haven't figured it out. I got into meditation and strive to make it a daily practice for many reasons, mostly throughout my career as a mental health counselor. I see 
the benefits on on just the mind and managing stress and um, the, the overall impact on the body from a holistic approach. So I really strive to do it daily. It's something I, I do pretty much every other day. And it just makes me feel so fabulous that, I mean, why wouldn't I want to do it, you know? Absolutely. Do you do a long session or can it just be like two to five minutes, which is what I often suggest is even if you can't do a big, long thing, do something. How do you, how do you practice? Yeah. So I practice in two ways. One, I, I meditate while I exercise when I'm just walking, um, not during lifting weights. Thank you. Um, and I usually, I usually do like a three to five minute meditation just in the morning after my gratitude prayer to just get myself calm, centered, ready for the day. That's so awesome. That's such a fantastic thing. And especially in these times, I think it can really help people so much. You teach women how to get back in the driver's seat. What does that mean exactly? I feel like so many of us have done things for everyone else in our lives and we usually get on the back burner. And I, and I feel so strongly and passionately about self-care and prioritizing ourselves women that are in control of their decisions make better decisions and ultimately are healthier and live better lives. Absolutely true. You, I'm a big believer in something that I know you believe in as well, and that's the law of attraction. And how does connecting to the law of attraction and self-care help you reach new levels of happiness and success? Yeah, that's exactly what my whole existence is about and in the work I teach women. But there's such a great connection because we actually can uh, shift and, and change our minds, uh, mindset through thoughts and power of words. And I think when we can write things down, say things out loud and consciously choose better thoughts, that's when we're really kickstarting our pathway to achieving greater results, having more success, healthier relationships in our lives. Can you give us a personal example of how the law of attraction helped you achieve the level of success that you have? Yeah, absolutely. So I have, I can actually go through journals from like five or six years ago and and give evidence, but I've literally written my life into existence. Law of attraction worked when I called in my husband 14 years ago. Law of attraction has worked for my book book opportunities, um, different, my television show, different opportunities that I've been able to manifest in my life. Now that being said, I have had to do the work. um, But visualization, power of speaking things into existence as if they've already happened has completely taken my life to a different level. Christy, can you tell us about your book, Primetime Success? It's prime time to shine and sit in the driver's seat of your own life. Yeah, absolutely. And actually my third book's in edits right now, but Primetime Success is my favorite book. It was my first book. It's an easy read, but every single chapter is uh, full of reflective tools and exercises that help women make better decisions, evaluating what does success even mean to you? It can be something different for all of us. And I just think that the TLC I put into that book at a time in my life when I was and had overcome some different challenges really makes it relatable for women everywhere, no matter what season of life that they're in. What were some of the challenges that you were faced with? Well, I got fired, uh, lost my job, walked into work, lost my job unexpectedly. It was very traumatic for me. Uh, I had put so much of who I was, so much of my identity into my credentials and my job title, which was a big mistake, I later learned. But I also um, was navigating the waters of my son lives with a rare physical disability, herbs palsy. I was navigating some advocacy issues for him um, for different different things. And it was one of those make it or break it. It was practice what you preach, Christy. I 
really had to deep dive and, and my growth mindset was a huge part of that uh, overcoming. Wow, that's incredible. Was it a hard uh, thing to write this book or did it sort of pour out of you? It actually poured out of me. Um, the book that's in edits right now was hard. <laughs> um, yes. But yeah, Primetime Success, it poured out of me. It was like, I have to get this into the hands of women. I so relate to what you're saying because I, I know I had the same thing. I wrote a book about um, being a mom called Love Mommy, writing love letters to your baby. And that kind of poured out of me as did a book I did on weddings, the Toronto Winning Handbook. I'm writing a book right now on finding your bliss. And I feel like I'm giving birth to a third child by, by writing this. And it's, it's all there. But I, I sometimes wonder if we care about it so much, are we harder on ourselves? Are we more perfectionistic about getting those words onto the page? What do you suggest to people who might want to write a book and use their life experience to help other people? I, my first piece of advice is go all in and do it. Um, I think, of course, we're, we're hard on ourselves through the writing process, but I always say to people, write. You can always edit later. When you write from your heart, the right message is going to pour out of you. And there's people depending on you to push forward and, and to get that book out into the world. So go for it. Just start and worry about edits later. So smart. You say you have a passion for teaching women to obliterate their self-sabotaging behavior. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, well, mostly because I lived in self-sabotaging behavior pattern cycles for many, many years. Uh, I always joke, it only took me, you know, 40 years to figure it out. But um, I feel that so many times we overcomplicate things. We We punish ourselves with feeling guilty for wanting more, we should just be grateful for what we have, or we get into compare and, um, comparison comparison, sorry, with uh, the game of life with what other people are doing or what we think we should have True. achieved at this True. point. True. You have to just, you just have to be kind to yourself. I think a lot of this is just about self-care, right? Just being kind and, and, and loving and, and good to yourself. Cause we, we, we find it easier to be good to others, but we don't always remember that it's so important that it all begins with the self, right? Exactly. Exactly. How do you work as a coach? What is your methodology? Like if people wanted to come to you and say, and, and, and start a coaching mindset practice with you, what, how exactly do you work? Yeah. So, um, very hands-on, uh, everything that I do is about, um, tapping into real desire. So I basically do like a SWOT analysis of people's lives with them to look at their strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and the threats. Now threats don't have to be something horrific. It can just be you know, where are they sabotage? That's basically the self-sabotage piece that I look at with them. And we look at what's their success map look like. We, we, I take the goal they want to achieve and I count backwards and help them create a plan that fits their lifestyle and their desires. That's so cool. You have a TV show, Christy. Tell us about that. Yes. Women who lead. So I pitched this idea three times, finally got a yes. And uh, it's, it's currently available on Kojiko and it's all about empowering and featuring women in business. Um, there's 12 episodes per season. I'm currently recording season two. Cool. It, each episode has a theme. We talk about mental wellness as a solopreneur. We talk about social media, marketing, collaboration. I talk, it's everything about what I wish I had in a toolkit that I could just give women everywhere. So I, I actually turned it into a TV show. 
That's fantastic. What what a great gift for women because, you know, sometimes you just need permission from someone and you need a couple of tools because I think everybody sort of has it, but they don't know where to start or sometimes they're stuck. And a huge part is, look, I, I go back to this perfectionism thing. I think a lot of people don't move forward because they're so perfectionistic. They're afraid that if they move forward, it won't be exactly as great as they wanted it to be. Do you find that? Absolutely. But what I also find is when we actually do move forward, things turn out better than we could ever imagine. It's really true. You, boy, you do a lot. You also have a 21 day online program, which is full of breakthroughs galore. Can you paint me a picture of what this looks like and why 21 days? Yeah. So um, it's actually called Fearless Makeshift Happen. And 21 days because you can change a lot of things in your mind and in your habits and your behavior in 21 days. And so it's a, basically a sisterhood, a community for women that um, want to invest kind of at a lower level, but the the payoff is huge, uh, mm-hmm. that want to create new habits that are done letting fear control them. They're done letting outside noise control them. It's time to turn off the distractions, get your plan. Um, you commit to one thing for 21 days and the results have been phenomenal. That's amazing. Can you give us an example of somebody that had something they wanted to change or release or move forward on and that they were able to accomplish beginning with this 21 days of changing that habit? Yeah, actually, uh, one of my my clients and uh, women that went through the program, Leanne, I have permission to say this on my website. She picked uh, stop arguing and nagging at her husband. She said (laughs) it was just making the environment toxic and she knew it was like her own behavior. And she worked on what was triggering it. And she worked on why was she just acting out of habit on autopilot. And after the 21 days, she literally completely up-leveled her own thought process towards her partner. And uh, to this day, I mean, still going on, they have a much healthier, less toxic relationship, a lot less bickering, which we know is always a great thing. That's so smart. It's almost like, you know, what you want to do is promote the positive and ignore the negative. And that happens in parenting too, right? So instead of sort of nagging the child, when they're not doing what you want them to do. Instead, really encourage and support and promote when the behavior is good. It works with husbands too, doesn't it? Yes. Reverse psychology at its finest. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. You also offer elite coaching, which is designed for women who want to improve their confidence, communication, and cash flow. That sounded fascinating. And how to create your dream life and business doesn't involve sitting on the sidelines, you say, but you've got to raise your hand and be seen and heard and step out and speak your truth. So can you tell us more about that and how this can help you attract soulmate clients and great speaking gigs and amazing opportunities? Yeah, absolutely. It goes back to what I talked about earlier with um, working, you know, out of alignment based on your core values. And I think the greatest reward I have is an honor and privilege of working with women who commit to themselves. They commit to the yes. You know, um, Jack Canfield, who wrote Chicken Soup of the Soul, was a guest on our program back in season one. And I went to hear him speak when he was in Toronto and he was talking about how you have to keep asking. He said, you could sometimes ask 50 times and you'll get a no, but on the 51st time, they'll say yes. And he said ask so much that you become, uh, I'm not going to say the word, but (laughs) it's a really funny word. I I wouldn't say it on the air, but uh, just keep asking. And, and I think you're a person who believes in that, right? Is, is don't be afraid to ask, even if it's going to be a no, eventually it's going to be a yes. Absolutely. And I firmly believe no equals next opportunity. I mean, 
building that resilience muscle, you're going to get rejection when you pursue your dreams. You're going to face it. That's just, that's just inevitable. Keep going. I totally mm-hmm. agree with that. Absolutely. And you also say it's important to leverage your personality to work for you in your business. What do you mean by that? So many of us have been conditioned to focus on our weaknesses and, you know, improve and improve them. I'm not saying not to do that, but what I think is where the, where the magic is, where the money is, do what you're really great at. Do what lights you up. Start mm-hmm. building your, on your strengths. You can always work on improving the things you're not so great at, but yeah. start thriving with what you are great at. That's so smart. That's so true. One of the things I notice about you, Christy, is you are super, super confident. So I'd want to ask you first, where does this confidence come from? <laughs> I, I'm only chuckling because it took a lot of work. And I, I do two hours of personal development every day. It's a non-negotiable for me, Monday through Sunday. So I'm always building that confidence muscle. I got sick and tired of being sick and tired. I got sick and tired of missing out on opportunities because I didn't feel like I was good enough or capable enough. Mm-hmm. And I made the commitment to just keep building myself up. There's a difference between arrogance and mm-hmm. real love, self-love. Yeah. And it's clear in the way people behave. And I want everyone to feel confident in who they are. Do you think that part of the routine that you do, like really working on yourself helps you become more confident? Is that what you suggest to your clients so that they can become more confident? Absolutely. I think everyone has to individualize their own routine and rituals. I also think we get more confident when we stop breaking promises to ourselves, when we follow through on what we say we're going to do for ourselves. Brilliant. That's so brilliant. How do you own your own fierce factor? (laughs) <laughs> I raise my hand and I get seen and heard. <laughs> um, I, I know what my hot spot is. I know what I'm really good at. And I, I firmly believe that my mission to impact millions and millions of women is, is part of like who I was born to be. And on the days where I don't feel as confident, I literally go back to my why. And my why is to help spread love and light throughout the entire world. So that helps. That's so wonderful. Where do you think this all comes from, your desire to spread love and light? Is this something you think you had as a child? Was this always sort of part of you? It was. And you know what? In the book that's being edited right now, I get really vulnerable. I had a very interesting childhood and always felt like I didn't belong. And so it's very imperative and vital to me that I help other people feel like they do belong just, just because they are who they are. They're worthy just because they are, if that makes sense. Yes. Very, very true. What are the three things that are the most important to Christy Primer? Three things that bring you bliss and make you feel blissful. Oh, easy. So first, my source connection, my relationship with God, my son and my husband, without a doubt, my family. Exercise. Exercise makes me feel blissful. Wow. And do you exercise every day, Christy, or do you do like a serious workout five days a week? I exercise every day in some capacity. And I've just actually joined an online fit club that's intense workouts five days a week. But walking is my favorite go-to for for all the things. That's so great. And the fact that you do it all the time, because one of my things is I, I start on a program and I get so busy with work that I fall off of it. And, and it is, it's about self-care because the minute you go for that walk, you feel better. The minute you do that meditation, you feel better. You just have to build it in to your regular routine, like brushing your teeth, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's so fantastic. How do you convince your clients to spend more time on self-care and personal development and less on self-destructive behavior? 
I lead by example, I think is the best way I can answer that. A lot of times when clients will say, you know, how did you achieve this or X, Y, Z, how did you do it? And I, and I reiterate the importance of having a self-care routine and it gets to be unique for whatever the woman herself needs or desires, but it has to be a non-negotiable because that is the secret sauce. That's the ingredient. The self-care is what kicks off success. That's so amazing. Well, you're, you're a terrific person. How can we contact you and follow you on social media? I am at Christy underscore Primer on Instagram, Christy Primer on Facebook, and my website's primetimecs.com. I would love to connect with, with women and hear how this has impacted them. That's so fantastic. Well, all I can tell you all is follow Christy Primer. Just tell me again on, on Instagram how we follow you. It's at Christy underscore Primer. Perfect. And that's P-R-I-M-M-E-R. And I'm telling you guys, follow Christy Primer. It's like a boost of feeling good, <laughs> joy and bliss and optimism and happiness and, and that you can do this because sometimes that's all you need, right, Christy? It's just you need the belief that you can do it and you need to have permission. You almost to know that you have permission to do it and you can go for it. And, and the sky really can be the limit. And that's really what Christy makes people feel. So I want to thank you so much for being here today. It's been delightful talking to you. I have loved this. I think what you're doing is fantastic and it will have a ripple effect for years and years to come. And I think we're better together. Women need to see women supporting each other. So this has been incredible. Absolutely. Thank you so much. We're going to go on a short commercial break. More on Finding Your Bliss when we come back. Back in a moment. Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by CREATE, Canada's leading fertility centre for over 25 years. CREATE is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. CREATE is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, CREATE is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. CREATE has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? CREATE Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about CREATE Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. We are back and this is Finding Your Bliss on Sumer Radio AM 740 FM 96.7. This week's featured artist is our very own audio producer, Faz Kazi. Faz is a Toronto-based artist who mixes musical genres at whim beatboxing, singing, and playing guitar, he uniquely combines influences to create a style of his own. Despite his love of music from a very young age, Faz grew up without access to instruments and formal training. Taking matters into his own hands, he transformed his body into an instrument, creating complex rhythms and sound effects using only his voice. Beatboxing, rapping, and singing to anyone who would listen, he quickly became known for his playground performances. Honing his beatboxing technique, Faz was recruited into a reputable vocal jazz group, which expanded his reach to venues all across North America. Using this platform, he taught workshops internationally at festivals, schools, private events, and universities. After high school, Faz taught himself guitar while pursuing a degree in neuroscience. His passion for playing motivated him to abandon his studies and instead train professionally for a career in music. 
He then became the first beatboxer to be accepted into the reputable Berklee College of Music's world-renowned program. There, he studied multiple instruments, learned music production, and even founded his own vocal group. Faz presently produces content for Zoomer Radio and the new classical FM. Additionally, he continues to refine his musicianship through songwriting, performance, and education. You can visit him on his website at www.fazplays.com. And I'll spell that for you. That's F-A-Z-P-L-A-Y-S dot com. Welcome, Faz, to Finding Your Bliss. Hey, Judy. Thanks for having me. So happy to have you here. I absolutely love your music, and so does our entire Finding Your Bliss team. And I can't wait for our listeners to hear it. Can you describe your unique brand of music and songwriting? Yeah, so growing up, I had a lot of different influences. I mostly grew up listening to hip hop, but then my elder sisters, they kind of listened to a lot of 80s music. So I was influenced by a lot of things like uh, Michael Jackson, Stevie Wonder. (laughs) And then uh, when I got into high school, I got recruited into this vocal jazz group and it opened up my world into jazz, funk and other genres. And I've I just love music so much. Every single genre that I've come across, I've found something that I could latch onto. And I try to bring those influences together as much as I can. That's so fantastic. I love that you took matters into your own hands, essentially teaching yourself how to play the guitar and turning your body into an instrument, as it were. Can you tell us more about your lifelong love affair with music? This started when you were very young. For as long as I can remember, I've wanted music lessons. My parents are quite traditional. Uh, they're immigrants from Pakistan, and they weren't really supportive of me pursuing music. So even when I was three or four years old, asking for lessons or instruments, <laughs> they would tell me, no, like, that's not <laughs> what we do. You know, over the years, they have relaxed a little, and we've built a better relationship now. But back then, there was a lot of friction because I was constantly pushing against what they would like and constantly asking them to pursue music. Of course. Yeah. It was your bliss. Well, I think it was it was something that that you had to do because it was it was something that you loved and that you're so good at. You must have been so excited when you found out that you got into the renowned Berkeley College of Music and you were the first ever to get in for beatboxing. Can you tell us more about beatboxing for those listeners who may not be familiar with it? Yeah, so beatboxing is essentially making noises with your mouth, rhythmically imitating sounds and drum kits. When I was young, I just started doing it out of necessity. I wasn't allowed to do any instruments, so I just started making sound effects, imitating drum kicks, drum beats that I've heard through songs. I literally thought that I invented it until when I was about 14, roughly, someone was like, hey, you're really good at beatboxing. And I was like, I don't know what that is. What are you talking about? (laughs) Then uh, I discovered this world and I honed my skills and then I auditioned for Berkeley with it. I'm kind of known around Berkeley, apparently, as the beatboxing major. And it's kind of, the story's <laughs> kind of gotten out of hand a little uh, through, you know, the telephone game. But clearing it up, it's not a beatboxing major. When I auditioned, I beatboxed for them. And that's what got me into the school. That was your entree. That was your yeah. entree. And what was it like, Faz, being immersed in music at Berkeley College of Music with all these fellow musicians and songwriters, finally, like all these like-minded people? It was a dream come true, honestly. The first few years were really tough just because everyone around me had 
formal training from their when they were young, and I was playing catch up with a lot of them. Uh, it was like they all understood a language that I didn't speak for the first year or two. Playing that catch up, uh, learning that language took a lot out of me. But once I started to grasp it, it was as if I found the place that I needed to be. Mm, that's so fantastic. I, I love that story. And I I just want to say also that we love you here at Finding Your Bliss and really want to thank you because we probably wouldn't have a show without you. And I know we probably drive you crazy, but you're so good at what you do. Can you describe also for our listeners what's involved in being an audio and technical producer at Zoomer? Yeah, when I uh, came back to Canada after school, I came and I uh, found a job here at Sumer Radio and the new classical FM. Basically, what I do is I record people, I produce commercials, which essentially is making sure everything sounds good, EQing, mastering, mixing, balancing levels, repairing audio. If there's a lot of background noise, a lot of other things going on, then I can try and fix all those problems before things make it to air. That's fun. And you do, you do a very good job. And, and we know <laughs> you make magic happen. What is bliss for Faz Kazi? Simply music performing. I love being on stage. I love performing. It's, it's like the moment goes by in a second, mm-hmm. even no matter how long I'm up there. It's like a transcendence of being in the moment. And I think it's the high pressure forcing you to kind of be in the moment at that moment for everyone that's watching. That's my main bliss. Other than that, I also love food and Mm. uh, having a good cup of coffee while cuddling (laughs) the cat. That sounds so great. How can people contact you fast and follow you on social media? Uh, the best way would be to go to my website. It has all the links to my social media. Most of them are just at Faz Plays. That's F-A-Z-P-L-A-Y-S. The website is fazplays.com. There will be links to social media there, and you can also get updates there. I'll be posting more things within the months to come of updated beatboxings and seeing things as well. That's so great. Faz, can you tell us a little bit about your song, Love Again, and set it up for us? Sure. So I actually wanted to record this before the pandemic happened. Mm -hmm. And we had a studio session set up with an engineer that I know. And unfortunately, that all kind of fell through. So I just recorded this in my basement and I did Mm -hmm. everything on it. Um, it's written, recorded, produced, mixed, performed everything by me and a hundred percent me. Wow. I wanted to do it more professionally, but Hey, that's what we got. You know, it's, uh, it's sometimes tough. I think all musicians kind of suffer a little bit from perfectionism, aka like fear of not being good enough, right? Putting something out there that I kind of just had to do by myself in the basement, even though it's not a hundred percent perfect or how I wanted it to be, it's still tangible and out there now. So it's a bittersweet song about I had to leave Boston. Basically, I was seeing someone that I really loved. And unfortunately, we live in different countries and school ended and we had to split. And that was kind of the inspiration for the song. It's not directly about that, but it's inspired by that situation. Well, it's a beautiful song and I'm so excited for everyone to hear it. Let's have a listen to Love Again. I wake up in sweats over dreams that you've texted me What's next? I've got nothing left I gave you the best of me 
And I know you're finding your own way But I miss you in a someplace I just wish that I could call you love again Congratulations. Oh, it's so good. How can people get access to it and purchase the song? Um, It's currently not distributed for purchase, but you can listen to it for free through SoundCloud. Uh, Best way is just go on my website at fazplays.com. You'll be able to see there's an embedded link there. And if you would rather just go straight to SoundCloud, you can find me at fazplays. That's awesome. Your music is gorgeous. And so is your voice. I never knew this about you. I'm I'm really, uh, I'm really, really impressed. Thank you so much for being on Finding Your Bliss today on the other side of the mic. (laughs) Thanks for having me, Judy. Appreciate it. So great to have you. Each week, we spotlight a singer, singer, songwriter, or musician on the show. If you're a singer and you want to be considered to appear on Finding Your Bliss Radio, please write to us at music at findingyourbliss.com. Also, we encourage you to visit our online magazine at findingyourbliss.com. And of course, for the latest and the greatest, follow us at The Bliss Minute on Instagram and Facebook. I wanted to let you all know about the fourth annual Mental Health Empowerment Day, which is taking place on Sunday, October 25th from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. And this year, it will be a special virtual edition. This is a free event. And by registering through the MHED website, that's mhed.ca, you will be sent a Zoom link to join. This year's theme is the now, which is incredibly appropriate given the current pandemic and its effect on mental health. I would like to thank my guests, Allison Schaefer, Christy Primer, and Faz Causey for being here today. Also, a big thank you to our supervising producer, Mag Ruffman, production manager, Siobhan Kiley, PA researcher and editor, Haley Allegia, audio producer, Faz Causey, and to everyone here at Zoomer. And of course, a big thank you to our sponsor, the Create Fertility Center. We're going to close out the show with a short meditation as we often do, and here it is. Let's bring our attention to the breath, being mindful of the breath in the abdomen, expanding on an inhale and falling on an exhale. Breathing in and breathing out with awareness, breathing normally and breathing naturally. 
feeling the rise and fall of the abdomen. This type of mindful breathing can help calm us down when we're feeling anxious, feeling fearful. So just be mindful of the breath coming in and going out, breathing in and breathing out with awareness. And if we find in the silences that our mind has wandered off, just compassionately, gently come back to the breath, breathing in, breathing out with awareness, slowing our lives down, taking it one inhale and one exhale at a time, breathing in, breathing out with awareness, breathing in, breathing out moment to moment, listening with compassion, no need to push yourself more than you can handle, just working with the edges, feeling into the anxiety and acknowledging. And as we learn to be with things as they are, we may discover the underlying causes of our fear and anxiety. For all of us here at Finding Your Bliss, I'm Judy Liebrach, reminding you all to breathe and take one step closer to finding your bliss. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.